Hey, welcome to the podcast of C3 Los Angeles. I'm Jake Sweetman, and together with my wife, Nicole, we lead this church. We're glad you're here, and we pray that wherever you're tuning in from, that you are encouraged and strengthened by this word. Here's today's message. So we're here tonight to, to get ready for Easter, and uh, obviously it's such a massive Sunday. Um, in some ways, especially so this year, obviously such a long time without gathering. We've been back for, I think, just a couple of months now in our gatherings, and many of us have just been kind of easing into that. And we're really hoping and praying that uh, all of us would see Easter Sunday as just the day to just get back into action and um, get reconnected into physical community again. But also just to put on that, that lens of, you know what, I'm a Christian, I'm called to live on mission. Um, and that's what we're here to talk about tonight. David and Amanda, I think, embody that mission so well and model it uh, brilliantly in our church. But before we get into some of like the serious stuff, just like... T- tell us, who are you? I know a lot of people in Highland Park will know who you are, but maybe yes. South Bay people won't know you. Or We've had a lot of people join our Shout church out. online this year, so they probably don't cool. know you. So give us, like, the, what's up? You, know. you go first. Okay, well, I'm Amanda, and this is David, and we're married, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Welcome. We got married last January, right before the world shut down, which is honestly, praise God, because if I'd had my way, we would have not been married before the world shut down. So just a little, yeah. Won't really? Really good. Won't, yeah. You wanted to wait. Yeah, I wanted to have. I really There's wanted so to have a planning. fall. Yeah, so I wanted planning. to have a fall wedding, but then that just yeah, it didn't work. It was fine. David um, knew what he was doing. Yep. Wow. Yep. <laughs> I said, actually, I, said, I think I first said like October, like the yeah. previous year, uh-huh. and then it ended up being January. So okay. so it worked. Not as fast as I wanted, but. <laughs> but anyways, I'm a really big uh, <laughs> breakfast burrito enthusiast, and wow, that's I love breakfast tacos and burritos. Love that. We love breakfast in general. Do you yeah. go to home state often? No. Ooh. Where's your favorite breakfast burrito in the city? Oh, I don't even know if I know this. <sighs> That's hard. Drop it in the chat. Where's your favorite breakfast burrito um, in yeah, the city? Drop in the chat. There's. I really like the one at Coffee Commissary. Great breakfast burrito. So good. Really yeah. good breakfast burrito. Go get them, Tiger. Has an unreal breakfast burrito. I'm All just right, I'm gonna try throw it. that out there. I'll try that. Tell us what you do. Oh yeah, so I am a full-time student right now. I spent the last two years running a boys and girls club Mm -hmm. in the Watts area, which was honestly just a crazy, incredible, difficult time. It had so many things about it. But um, right before we got married, I left that to be able to go back to school because really my heart is to be inside the school and I was working in after school programs. So I'm back in school full-time, getting my urban learning degree to be a teacher. And it's just been a crazy ride. It's been awesome. So good. How many more years do you have left of school? About a year and a half. Okay. You're almost there. So close. Unreal. How about you, David? Give us the... Um, I do a little bit of everything. I act and model and play the piano. Um, You do all of those incredibly well. He does, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like my week is so different week to week, but the most consistent thing to my week is fit modeling. I do a lot of fit modeling. Talk talk to us about the fit modeling thing. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Jake warned me of this. Um, So fit model basically... Um, helps brands. Is it true that you have the perfect body for <laughs> fit modeling? I have, all of my body proportions are a medium. So I help brands determine the best medium. So if their clothes don't fit me, they didn't make it right. Wow. So I, I work with It's a high companies. standard. Yeah, so. I go and like try on clothes <laughs> for companies and I give them my feedback on how it fits on Got a it. size medium. Yeah. I'm like the standard medium. Wow. Like from my calves to my neck to my bicep all to my so what you're saying is in all of your shining starness you're really just quite mediocre i'm very regular yes i'm just average <laughs> so I'm average. just a medium i'm just a medium 
Not true. How many push-ups do you do a day? Um, no, excuse me. Um, it really depends. It really depends, but at least 50. I do like 50 to 200. Oh, okay. That's great. Yeah, I could do that. No problem. I like to do 50 like every night, and then like I'll have different days. I do like different body. Yeah, no. Workouts. Sometimes I do like a couple hundred. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> Oh. We love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks so for excited us. for um, the church to hear part of your story. So let's let's do this. Let's start with um, each of you sharing independently a bit about your story, um, maybe how you got connected to Christ, and track us all the way up to um, basically coming to C3 and your life. We can talk about life beyond that after that. But give us the first part of your story. We'll start with you, Amanda. Awesome. Yeah. I grew up in the Catholic Church. And it was a really interesting time. My parents were born and raised Catholic, and um, they did a really great job of, like, bringing us into that. But I always, I would say I kind of had this feeling of the Holy Spirit from a really young age. Like, I would beg my parents to go to Catholic Church. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why, but I just really wanted to be there. And um, I made my first Holy Communion in the Catholic Church and everything, and... Then, when I was in about the fifth grade, my mom started working for a local non-denominational church as their accountant, and it took a couple of years, but then um, I had come back from being away for the summer one year with my grandparents, and my mom said, we're going to Milestone now, which is the church she'd worked for, and I was like, okay, we're going, great. Um, And my mom looked at my older sister and was like, don't leave her alone. I was pretty shy and quiet. And we walked in, and that was the first thing my sister did. She's pieced right out. <laughs> and I was you gotta just love an older sibling for that. It was, yeah, it was pretty good. But um, I was pretty quickly approached by this woman, Sarah, who just ended up being probably the biggest blessing to my life. She was like, hey, I'm Sarah, and I know your mom, because her husband worked at the church, and her and her husband had just gotten married, but she just took me in. She made me a part of, like, every single part of her life. Wow. and. I would, How old were you at that point? I was a seventh grader, so what, okay. like 13, right, I think. Um, and so she just, yeah, she really brought me just along for life with her, which was really, really incredible. She'd pick me up. We'd go to the grocery store. We'd bake a cake. We'd just every day, normal things. And then um, I went to a youth retreat, and I um, accepted Jesus as my Savior. And from that point on, everything that we did became more intentional, and mm. I was able to really see that. We went through this, like, really cool book um, that just talked about what life and godliness looked like. And I would say that, like, she really took the time to set a really incredible foundation in my wow. life of just telling me, like, this is what life with God looks like. This is what the Bible has to say. This is why we believe the Bible to be true. And it was crazy because she was newly married. Like, she could have— chosen to retreat, you know, but she spent so much time wow. meeting with me every week, right? I would call her, ask her questions, and she just took it all so well, um, and was honestly just such a hero to me, so she's incredible, and then... I feel like we just got to pause there for a moment, because <laughs> there's like about 17 things going through my mind on just that part alone with yeah. Sarah. Um, like, number one, obviously she's showing up to church, and she's looking for lonely people, yeah, she she found me that first day, and just I was just sitting alone, and she yeah. was like, "Hey, I'm Sarah. I know you because I know she knew my sister, right? And she's like, I know your mom. Yep. And it just kind of yeah, she didn't let me just hang from there. She yep. stuck with me, yep. which I think was something that really meant a lot because I was pretty insecure in that area. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd had a lot of people come and go, 
Um, mm. That year prior, really, like the reason I'd been with my grandparents was because I had such a hard time at school the year prior. I didn't really have any friends. Um, and I was just in a really low place. And so I came back from time with my grandparents feeling really filled. But really what I needed was God. Right. And she just really showed me that. Yep. And it was so, like the timing couldn't have been more perfect. So Sarah introduces herself to you, gets involved in your life, uh, essentially disciples you towards Christ. Yeah. And that was something that we were talking about the other day when we were um, uh, talking about y'all's stories that really stuck out to me. And I think some, something that we... Uh, in the modern day oftentimes lose sight of is that we think of discipleship, discipleship as something that begins after we become a Christian, but actually um, yeah. people get discipled to Jesus, not just with Jesus. Um, and that's something that I really see in your story with Sarah is that Sarah was discipling you. Yeah. And before you had made your own personal decision uh, to trust in Christ, she was still discipling you towards the Lord. And I think a lot of times when it comes uh, to this time of year, Easter Sunday, a lot of the rhetoric in, in church life can turn to um, specifically highlighting, you know, the subject of invitation, which is great. Really love that. And we should be inviting and, and valuing that. But I wonder if we kind of get to like a week out from Easter and be like, oh, who can I invite to church? And there hasn't been um, uh, the practice of discipleship in our life leading up just to that point. It's just a, like a regular part of like what it is to be in relationship with our friends. And I would say that if that's not a part of our friendships with people who are outside of the faith, um, then I would ask myself the question, am I the influencer in that relationship or am I the one being influenced? Um, and am I allowing Christ to uh, put boldness on the inside of me to influence people towards Jesus? And so that's just something that I thought of as I hear that with Sarah, and I love that. So she gets really intentional with you after you make that decision, and she goes through this book with you. and Yeah, and it was incredible. And then I had been dancing. I was a dancer, mm. and I was dancing, like, really full-time. So I could not come to youth group on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. And I told my mom, I was like, you know what? This actually isn't me. This is something my older sister loved to do, but it's not me. I want to quit dance, and I want to, like, be at church. Wow. And so I <laughs> she was like, well, you've made a commitment, and you have to fulfill it. And so I finished out Great the year. <laughs> and then uh, starting my, my freshman year of high school, I got so involved in the church and just honestly made it my every move. I, um, that year, actually, my youth group raised money to build orphanages. And it was just something that I was really, really passionate about um, and started helping to raise the money to like build these orphanages and I would sell cupcakes and do the things to like bring in money so that we could like build these homes for kids and I started serving really consistently at church and I don't know it was like it felt like the right place for me to be it felt like something clicked for me and that moved into a lot of um, I ended up getting to go and see these orphanages that our church had built and meeting the kids that would then live in them and just hearing their stories and it was really, really life-giving for me, but also just really opened my eyes to, like, their reality, and um, which really inspired me to want to go into education, which is why I do what I do today. Um, and so coming back from that, I started just honestly serving in every way that I could in the church. I um, was asked to lead, like, this group of seventh-grade girls, like, incoming seventh-graders, like, the youngest group in the, in the youth group, and I got to like lead and mentor those girls all the way until I moved out here to LA and just like it was everything that I wanted to do was just 
be in the church. And there were a lot of moments that were harder in that because it definitely felt like there wasn't a lot of other people, right? There's not a lot of like 10th graders who are like, I live for Sunday mornings, but that really was my heart. Um, and I loved it. And so there was definitely, yeah, those hard times of friends kind of coming and going and then, um, but really being, choosing to like find my solace in, in Jesus. Wow. So I love that. Um, cause I've heard you talk about Sarah before, but just as you're saying this, I'm thinking, man, she was just really thinking multi-generational. I think we can tend to gravitate towards people that we have like something in common with, right? Whether it's we're the same age or even we look like that person, you know, whatever it may be. And I just think if we are truly on mission for Christ, we are going after, like Pastor Dick said, lonely people. And I love that she didn't let the age gap stop her. Yeah, I remember like there was so many funny moments where I would call her and be like, what do you think about this? Like I had been reading like the Twilight books and I was like, what are your thoughts on the Twilight books? And she was like, well, probably <laughs> demonic, fun, right? Know. I don't know. <laughs> but in seventh grade, if I think of my life in seventh grade, mm -hmm. that's where things really went bad. Wow. Very important to start reaching girls at yeah. that age. And then what she deposited. Shout out to our students ministry. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. But, but also shout out to everyone in the church to be looking, you know, for that age group and, and to be thinking multi-generational because what she deposited in you, you then went ahead and so good. deposited yeah. in. And was able to like breed into these next young girls and remind them of their purpose, yeah. right? And it was like, I got to go into high school really knowing who God said that I was. There was a lot of moments where I didn't know who I was. I really like searched, I feel like a lot for my identity, but at the end of the day, I knew who God said I could be. And so I allowed that to kind of like fuel all the things that I did. That's incredible. Wow. Thank you. It really is. Hats off to Sarah. I don't know even her last name, She's but I amazing. love Sarah. Sarah Wise, just a great woman. Incredible. So pick up from there. Okay. So then I get to high school, go through high school. I like start looking for churches. I mean, for, sorry, for uh, colleges and just <laughs> put my parents through so much trying to find a college. I applied to seven schools. I visited all seven all across the country and I hated all of them. I showed up at each campus and was like, okay, God, is this where you want me to be? And nothing. And I was like, okay, great. We're going to go visit another. And then um, in February of my senior year, I was just like defeated. I was so confused, really just like, I know that I want to be a teacher, God. Like, I know you placed it in my heart. Like, what am I doing? What is happening? And I'll never forget this moment. I was like sitting in my friend's backyard on Galentine's, like with a couple girls. And one of my friends was coming out to LA to work with the Dream Center. And she was like, um, telling my other friend who didn't really know her, like what the Dream Center was. If you don't know the Dream Center, they're a really awesome organization Amazing. here in LA who um, just does a lot of giving back to the community. And they have a nine month ministry school. So she was coming out here to be a part of that. And she starts telling my friend about it. My friend just looked at me and goes, I don't understand. You want to work with kids in the inner city. You want to like teach and you love God. So why don't you just do that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and then I just did. <laughs> Um, God really like created a way for me to come out here. Um, I spent some incredible time with the Dream Center, serving with them, getting to do their ministry school, um, really gaining a heart for the people on the streets of Los Angeles who were um, experiencing homelessness, living in low-income housing. Um, and then through that, God really asked me to stay, which was probably like the biggest, scariest move because I'm still like, I want to be a teacher. Why do I need to be in Los Angeles? But 
through that um, really gave me a home here. Um, so I started, um, I, I moved out of the Dream Center and started going to school, working a bunch of jobs. Um, but what was like the most important to me was every Saturday morning I would get to go to Nickerson Gardens and just be with the kids. And that was my everything, like just getting to love on them. Um, and in a lot of aspects, just do what I already knew, which was like to love on people, remind them of their purpose, tell them who God was. Um, and it was everything. That was what I loved. I love that so much, Amanda. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently, and the host of the podcast was talking about um, how, uh, how just he'd been through like a difficult season in life, and um, he's a, a high-profile person, and he does these, these tours and gets to meet people, you know, when he goes and speaks places, and just talks about, started talking about, and he starts breaking down crying, just how deeply people need encouragement. And I just think that's something like, out of all the people in the world, Christians are especially qualified for that. Um, We have the gift of prophecy, which is encouragement on steroids. Like, and and just being so, and encouragement is, is, it's the door. It's the open door into um, other things like evangelism and fulfilling the, the Great Commission and, and leading people to Christ and or even just a simple invitation to church is just to be an encouraging person. And it's so easy in a city like Los Angeles because we're all just kind of like looking past each other and or we're all just looking on our phones while we're standing in line for coffee just to be an encouraging person. Like I, a lot of times I feel kind of like weird when I stand in line in coffee shops because I always want to talk to the people, but I'm like, oh, they're going to think I'm super weird. Um, or if I like see a conversation happening between two people, like there's like an impulse in me that just wants to like go join that conversation. <laughs> David is that way, yeah. You, you, uh, yeah. you just like you, you hear something and you're like, oh, I connect on that. <laughs> like, I really want to join like, to that conversation. But I just, I just like that impulse in every Christian to, um, it's actually an impulse, impulse of the Holy Spirit to be an encourager. And I just love hearing you talk about, I'm just doing what I'm doing, which is reminding people of their purpose and their identity and encouraging them. Yeah. That's awesome. So how did you make your way to C3? Well, David and I had met. I had kind of jumped through a few different churches, just find, trying to find the community that was, like, right for me. And I landed at Hillsong and was there for a while and been serving pretty consistently. Um, and then David showed up one day with some friends, and we kind of <laughs> met. And through a long series of events, started dating. And he didn't have a church, so he had started coming to Hillsong with me. But it just wasn't the right place for us. Um, and so we started looking for churches. And a friend of mine had said, hey, well, not really. She didn't really say hey. She told me that her friend attended C3. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's a C3 here. And I had known about C3 because of the San Diego location. They spend a lot of time working with the Dream Center. And all the people through that came from C3 San Diego were just incredible, like always some of the best like I looked forward to working with their people Mm. um and so I was like okay I I kind of trust that what they're doing must be like pretty cool legit um and so we showed up David and I did the very next I think that was like a Friday night I was like David this is where we're trying this week we're going to see 3LA and we showed up and we met it was Perfect. James yeah. and Kirsten right away. And then we met and Sarah, Sarah. Wallach. Sarah. And Sarah Wallach. Sarah, Sarah Wallach. And we met you. We met Sarah Wallach. Sarah Wallach was like, what's up, guys? Oh, my the gosh. The best. Let's hang out Thursday. Honestly, like, shout out to Sarah. Of course Sarah. she was. Cool, she does talk like that, doesn't like, she? Yeah. She's so cool. I love Sarah. And she was like, honestly, so the truth is that she gave us the lowdown. She was like, the young adults 
are in Silver Lake. So then we were like, okay, next week we go to Silver Lake. <laughs> oh, you guys were in the Valley. <laughs> we were in the Valley. We were in the Valley at first, yeah. And so we show up to That's Silver right. Lake, and it was actually group weekend. And so oh, it was, was like, like yeah. yeah, it was group wow. launch weekend. And so we were like, okay, we're doing this. We just it, and yeah. we just jumped Started in. involved and... Um, did you go to a neighborhood group right away? Yes, I did with Tima and Grace and Haley and David went to Jared Allen. Yep, and, Jared Allen and Alex. Um, wow. We just jumped. Honestly, yeah. we just jumped right in. Yeah, amazing. And started serving and yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Let's pick up on that in a little bit. David, give us your story, man. It's so hard to follow up on that, right? Okay. Like Your story is great. She, Sorry, no, she was... changes. Amanda literally changes lives. Like, you talk about a missional mindset. Like, you Amanda. take great photos, like, in outbursts. Right. <laughs> and then she just, like, changes lives. So, But you both equally dynamic. live on mission. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really important thing. Because, like, what if my heart is not to, like, work in uh, boys and girls clubs or whatever? Like, you know, some of us are really wired for that and really want to do that. And some of us feel like God has called us to do something different. But all of us live on mission. And that's important yeah. for us to understand. So give us your story. But you've got to yeah. hold that bad boy. Okay, up yeah. You know, yeah, I got you. Um, so I grew up in North Dakota, very different from L.A. And um, family has been a huge part of me in my relationship with Jesus. And I have nine siblings. So there's a lot of us. Um, eight boys, two girls, ruckus. Same parents. They're amazing. Um, and growing up, like, the culture of our family was, like, we're in this together always. So, like, I feel like one of the best stories to, like, encapsulate that is our 15-passenger van that everybody called the druggie van because it, it was pretty sketchy. But it was, like, this big 15-passenger white van that we drove everywhere and had all the kids in. And whenever we would go to church on Sundays, my mom, after the service, my mom or dad would look in the back and they would just anticipate that there would be three more kids in the three empty seats that we had going to church. So there were, tw- there were 10 kids, so there's 12 kids. There's 12 people in the 15-passenger van, 13 seats left. Right. So there's three always a seat. Left. There's, yep. like, always a seat for somebody at the table. Wow. You know? And, and they expected those seats to be filled. Oh, they expected them to be filled. Yeah. And if yeah, they weren't... Friend. Then then we found someone. Yeah. You, like, like, have to get out of the van. Yeah. Go <laughs> find somebody. No, I mean... <laughs> we, but we just always had people over. And, right. like, in our... We lived out in the country, and we had this giant bell in our backyard that we would ring whenever it was time for dinner. And it was like, everybody come. Wow, everybody that was... Eat. That's that whole vision. Yeah. All Epic. Yeah, we had like a 100-foot zip line, too, in the backyard that we built. Pretty me sick. and my brothers. It was pretty sick. Wow. Yeah, it was a fun time. Um, so my journey with Jesus, like, I knew who Jesus was at a really young age. And um, I remember distinctively at, like, eight or nine, going to a five, uh, five-day club. Have you guys ever heard of five-day clubs? Mm-mm. They're like little VBSs okay. in parks. Like a va- vacation Bible school. Yeah, like yeah. a vacation Bible school where, like, kids come together and, like, learn about Jesus. And, yeah, it's so cool. And they're really fun stories. Um, and I learned about Jesus and was like, I want to I wanna accept him to my heart. But um, my relationship with God wasn't, I wouldn't say that it was like living and vibrant. And I would say that for me, honestly, after, there, after, after that point, my relationship with God was like a vehicle to get the attention that I really desired. Um, because I wow. really wanted to be seen and to be known. And my relationship with Jesus has been very much characterized by like, who am I, God? Like, what do you want me to do? What do you call me to do? And um, that's just been, like, uh, and I've always, and I, I always ask so many questions, too. Like, I remember my, my mom would always be like, David, could you please ask a little less questions? Like, I love that about you, David. Um, and, and, um, and so that's, that's what I would ask so many questions. And in middle school, I kind of came to this point where I was like, my, my, my faith was really like, 
I was living it to like make people happy. Like I would memorize those Bible verses and I would be the top. It was like a competition almost. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a relationship with a living savior. Mm -hmm. um, I was just pleasing my parents and my, my, my family and my church community because I wanted to be that guy. Right. But it, it just wasn't, that, that couldn't hold up. You know what I mean? That doesn't last. So I started asking questions like I always did. And I was like, is God real? Like, is this worth it? And um, like 13, 14, I think, yeah, 13, 14, I started just like reading books about if God existed wow. and wondering if that was a thing. And my dad, he, what a guy. I dream of being like him. He literally like saw it and was like, do you want to know more about God? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, let's just wake up every morning and read the Bible together then. And wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. So like 13, I think, yeah, I think I was around 13 years old. My dad would wake up at 6.30 a.m. and read the Bible with me for a half hour until 7 a.m. And then he would get ready for work, leave for work. At 8 a.m. he would be working, and he would always be back by 6 to have dinner with the whole family. And every single weekday, we would wake up in the morning all the way until I graduated high school from 6.30 a.m. to 7, and we read the Bible together. And I would ask him so many questions. For like five years. For five years, yeah. Nonstop. And he just showed up. And that's when I really, there was a moment in, I think, like, maybe freshman year, where I remember asking my dad, Dad, but why? Why did God make us? Like, I see in the Bible we keep messing up. We keep messing up. We can't, we can't do this. Like, why did he even create us? Why am I on this earth? And it sounds so simple and so Christian-y, but it was like, he wants to have, a, like, a relationship with you, and he loves you. And, man, that meant everything to me. You know what I mean? That he would, like, love me and want to know me and care for me. And the fact that my dad, with nine other kids, that he also saw in each of their specific circumstances, I don't know how he did it, but he was willing to sacrifice that, those 30 minutes every morning and just love me and, like, help me grow to know who Jesus was amidst questioning. Snyder family stories Snyder are just my family. absolute favorite. That's unreal. If we have time, there's a specific story I want you to tell them. But <laughs> I just think that's so profound and powerful for 2021. Yeah. Because like I was praying earlier, like, I don't think there's one of us probably within this whole church that doesn't know somebody who's questioning right. their faith in, in a whole new way. And it's actually really encouraging to hear that you did that at 13 or 14. Like, this is not a new thing we're coming up against. I think no, it's just right. a more vocal thing. Mm -hmm. And I just, that sense of mission within somebody that you love so much that's questioning is so important. And I feel that now kind of more than ever within our community. Yeah, it's so true. And, and God calls us to ask those questions. You know what I mean? He wants us not only to like praise him and, and have a spiritual high, but he desires for us to think about his word and meditate on it day right. and night. Like, well, the, the truth can handle it. The truth can handle it. If it is true, then it yeah. can handle the questions. Exactly. Yeah. I love that story a lot. Obviously, as a dad, it really, really uh, connects to me. Um, and that's a, a huge motivation in my own uh, quiet time in the morning is just, my, you know, my son is seven. But him waking up and coming out into the living room and just have, I want him to have a picture where, like, when I woke up in the morning, my dad was always there, sitting in his chair, reading his Bible and praying. I just want that to be ingrained in his mind, and eventually one day it'll hopefully turn into us yeah, getting to together. share that together. But yeah. it, it speaks to me about the importance of um, fathering, about the importance of men, yeah. and um, just such a word, I think, for us men in the church as well. Is just uh, you don't need to be a, a literal father in order to carry a fathering heart and a fathering spirit. Mm -hmm. 
um, and again, to look for lonely people and to pull them yeah. under your wing. And, you know, shout out to the Suns groups that get together on uh, Zoom even right now and just take an hour before work and build one another up and love to see more of that in the future. I just think there's so much power in, right. you know, hey, you have questions? Hey, you're struggling? Right. Let's just talk about the scriptures and talk about the Lord. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he didn't see it as like a short conversation either. He was like, I'm invested. In right. And like, I want that investment into people. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's not always a short road. It's mm-hmm. a long road. And I'm still, I still have questions. I'm still learning. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but that was so pivotal for my relationship with Jesus. And that's when I think that it was really real. Like, I knew who God was. And amidst all of this, I, like, loved to play the piano and loved to act. I loved to do theater. Like, that's all I wanted to do. And, um, and I wanted to pursue it. So um, I was, ended up getting an opportunity where I was signed by an agent. And it was like, am I going to go to school or go to Los Angeles? And it's like, I, I really want to do this. I'm just going to do it. So I did it. And my parents were like, awesome. If, you, if you're paying for it, not us. So <laughs> go for it. You know what I mean? Like, and, so, um, and so I went for it. And then that was another moment, I feel like, in my faith where I was like, all right, am I going to continue to choose Jesus? Like, this is a mm. moment that everybody gears you up for. You, like, graduated high school. Are you going to continue to be a Christian? You know what I mean? Like, are you going <laughs> to keep with the faith, right? Like, that's, like, huge in, in, um, in youth group. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and every, every yes that I said to Jesus was completely worth it. Did you ever have times here where you, like, were highly tempted to say no? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah definitely. With different circles and, like, or parties. And I was like... This is like, this, I could, maybe I should try this way, not the way that, I, that Jesus says. And it was hard, too, when people always tell you, oh, yeah, you're just like that North Dakota Christian boy, aren't you? And I just want to prove them wrong. I'm like, no, I can be crazy. Or like, I can, you know what I mean? Um, but there's this guy named Daniel that God placed in my life when I moved out here that was just life-altering. Um, I'm sure my parents prayed for him. For years upon years upon years. Wow. I'm sure, like, my grandparents prayed for, like, I moved to L.A. trying to figure out what I wanted to do, what, like, how that, what that looked like, was, had barely any money, literally just ate eggs, like, for so many breakfast, eggs. lunch, and dinner. So that's the secret. That's the secret. And now he just eats peanut <laughs> butter, <laughs> so just peanut eggs. butter and eggs. Amanda and confessed to me earlier this evening that um, David doesn't allow them to keep carbs in the house, so. No carbs. How did I expose me like that? Oh, my gosh. It's okay. Our friends, are you go to our friends for carbs. Right. <laughs> That's what friends are for. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, anyway, so Daniel, Daniel was huge. Daniel, I, so I, I came to Los Angeles, ate eggs, and eggs, eggs, eggs. Both work. Eggs. Yeah. Um, and I went to this, like, Bible study group on Thursday nights. It was called Artists Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it was just a Bible study group that was dedicated towards people that loved God and were creative. And so... Um, I met Daniel right away, and Daniel was just like, David, I want to get to know you. Like, what's your life like? And he, and he, like, he literally was like, I want to mentor you. And I was like, cool, okay, sure, yeah, awesome. Probably asks just as many questions as David does, <laughs> which he, is why it worked really well. And he, we would meet for coffee, and I would come with like, documents of questions mm-hmm. but, like, about the Bible mm-hmm. that I had or about things that were frustrating. And he would, we would try to answer all of them that we could and discuss them over coffee. And we never had enough time. Mm-hmm. And then I would just email him the document, and he would fill it out as much as he could and put articles and stuff and Bible verses and email it back to me. And, like, the, I still meet with him, and he's just, every single time, it's just so inspiring. 
and he just invested into my life and sacrificed so much of his own time mm -hmm. for my walk with Jesus. It's amazing. And he was all about, like, let's develop your testimony. And I remember, like, we were, like, let's develop. What do you love? Why do you love it? Okay, cool, awesome. Why do you think God did that? Why do you think, why? And he was just so, wow. it was just, it was huge. I remember, like, our mentoring, our discipleship mm -hmm. ended at, like, not, didn't end, but, like, there was this moment where he took me out to dinner. Mm -hmm. He bought me a three-course dinner. We had a whole bottle of wine, appetizer, steak dinner. And I told him my life story for, like, it was, like, a five-, six-hour dinner. And he was like, lay it on the floor, man. Everything. Like, tell me. Like, what, then he'd always, like, stop me and be like, what did God teach you there? You know what I mean? And it was just, and I thought he was so cool, and he was an actor, and, like, and he just invested into my life in so many ways. Mm. And so, yeah. It's awesome. Then I, came, then I met Amanda, like, five, six months into moving to L.A., and I was like, no, I'm not ready for a relationship. Yeah, he didn't. He but didn't. then she pursued me. I did. <laughs> And, then, and that's a word too. Just, a, we could stop there. <laughs> and look at the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. It worked out pretty good for yeah, us. Yeah, Unreal. I love all the intentionality. How, how did you make your way to C three? Same. Yeah. Same. Together, yeah, we were right? together. So, yeah. We met at we met at church. Hillsong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hillsong Church. And then I hadn't had that's a right. home yet. Yeah. Oh, I just Los Angeles was kind of my home. Like that Thursday night right. Bible study. Yeah. And so we were like, we need to find. We really want to find a group. Like, we really want to find, not a group, do we a want church. to find a church yeah. together? Yeah, I'll never forget there was a morning, like, just a few months into dating that we were, we had just, like, kind of been through a rough season. So we, like, sat down one morning, and we were at this coffee shop, and we were just, like, we both knew we were dating on mission, right? We knew that we were, like, we're dating with a purpose here. Maybe we were, like, six months into dating at this point. I don't remember. Was, but we were talking about marriage. We were, like, if we want to get married, this is what we need. We need a really solid church community. Mm -hmm. We need people in our life That's who great. are going to be around us, who we're going to be able to walk life with, and right. we are not willing to get married without that. Mm -hmm. We had very different circles. Wow. Very different, different circles different of circles. friends, yeah. and honestly just didn't have a lot of people that were like holding us accountable, and we right. wanted that. Wow. And so that's kind of, I think, what really like pushed us into searching for a new mm -hmm. church community. Mm -hmm. And when we got to C3... I think that's why we were willing to jump in mm -hmm. because it was like, okay, we could, tr we started, we, you know, put our foot in a little bit, but when we really got, when we really dived in, we realized like the community here yeah. are people that are going to be intentional with us and we can be intentional back. And like, honestly, the be most beautiful testimony to be able to look back and to like think of our wedding and to be like, yeah, yeah we had the most incredible people around us. I remember us. that Sunday because I remember Mike and Jillian kind of like warning me like, hey, just so you know, like David and Amanda's wedding is this Sunday. It's probably going to be like a lot of people gone. <laughs> I was like, oh, flip, how many people are yeah, gone to this wedding? a lot of people at the wedding. <laughs> well, they had invited 500 people to okay, their wedding. No, we did. Well, Julian helped me to not invite 500 people we to the wedding. We only have like 10 minutes left, so I want to turn a corner here. And this is a great segue into just life at C3. And you guys obviously lead a neighborhood group. Um, yeah, shout out to Glendale Game shout Night. Shout out to Glendale Game Night. <laughs> What's up, Glendale Game Night? Yeah. Love you guys. What's up? <laughs> um, but just talk to us about your approach to being in church, to being the church. Um, you guys have uh, been responsible for people coming into the church, and you even have people that I think are part of your neighborhood group that don't yet belong to C3, but we're praying maybe one day will be a part of this community. Just talk to us through your mentality. Well, I feel like 
we both obviously had a lot of people that sewed into us that just did life with us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that like really fuels us. Like one of my favorite things is to have people into our home around our dinner we table, yeah. like to just sit and talk mm -hmm. and to hear people out and to do life with people. And I think that sometimes we can like culminate into like, oh, we gotta get coffee with that person. But it's like so much more than that. You know what I mean? It's like texting people in the day to day and being with them and being intentional about praying for them, which is something I feel like we've really been learning over the last mm -hmm. year. Um, and so I think that we've kind of just chose from the get go of being together, like we, we love the church and we need to build something together. Like for the right. rest of our mm -hmm. lives, we need to build something mm -hmm. together and our careers are very different, but we can build the church together. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and uh, we have the same goal. We both want to build things that are eternal, yeah. not temporal. Wow. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to build things that are eternal. Yeah. And, and so a lot of times that's the question we ask each other when it's like, there's, when there's just a craziness, you know what I mean? Like, what, what are we building? Remember, we're building things that are eternal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what things have eternal impact? So, like, souls. Like, yeah, that's people. literally souls are eternal. Exactly. So, relationship. Mm -hmm. So, getting to know each other, loving yeah. each other. Being intentional with our friends, being willing to, like, ask hard questions with our friends. Honestly, those are, like, some of the, the best moments when we can, like, sit and have a hard conversation and just love each other more on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Um and so when we first got married, it was, like, going to be a new group season. And we were like, okay, what do we want to do? And David had been meeting, like, 17 million people for coffee every single week. <laughs> and I was, like, sitting at home, That's like, um, we, This doesn't work for me. Uh, <laughs> like, we maybe need to do something different. And so, honestly, we were like, there's no better vessel than neighborhood groups, right? Like, we we know that this is like a space that we can create. And so if we carve out this time and we make it something that's fun and approachable for people, right? So we started the game night because we were like, great. Then all these people that David wants to meet with, they're gonna just show up to our house and we're gonna have a great time. We're gonna have so much fun, but we're also gonna have an intentional moment that like lets people know that they're seen and cared for. And it was just the best thing, honestly. And moving online, I did not, I was so hesitant. I was like, how are we going to do this? Like a game night online? How yeah. are we going to do that? But here we are, like a year later. And honestly, it's it's the best time. Yeah. Like the fact that we have people who show up every single week and just like, sometimes we're on Zoom for two and a half hours. And I walk away and I'm like, why do these people do this? Like, why do they come and play games with us? But it's just so life-giving. Like for us, to, like, for, for us. us, like those friends in that group, they're, they're so there for us. And it's just been a really cool place to be able to invite people from all different aspects of our life. Like my old roommate and her husband come and David's really close friend who he knew through church band thing that he was in comes and like just different people that we know from different walks of life have just showed up right. in this one space and become friends. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's honestly the best. Yeah. And they have a seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Welcome. Have you guys seen any cool stories of just like life transformation? I mean, yeah. I think of like Nick in our group who oh, he's incredible. Like one of the most creative people I've ever met. And when we invited him to game night, David was first like, I don't know if he's going to, I don't know if he's going to come. And I was like, well, he should come. It'd be fun. And he just started coming and I had always heard about Nick, but I'd never really gotten to know him very well. And so then for over the last year and a half for us to like get to walk life together, for like me to get to know him and for him to then become friends with these, this other group of people and to just see the way that like 
their their conversations have changed, right? It's like it's so so cool. We've all grown just to be there for each other. Well, yeah, you know and to be able I mean? to ask hard questions. Like I think it's really cool when we can like sit down around First Corinthians because we're tracking with the church right now, and for people to be like, I didn't get this, or I really I really hate it when Paul uses this kind of language, or and it's so cool to see people who are like. Yeah. I don't really know if I believe that this is going to be true, but they still show up wow. every single week to talk about it, and it grows us, mm -hmm. and it grows us closer together. It's awesome. That's amazing. I think the reason why y'all's group is so fulfilling is because you have actually developed real relationships with all yeah. of these people, and I'm always hearing about, like, you having people over for dinner on just a random night of the week, or you watching The Bachelor <laughs> with someone, or you guys are going to Target and you're going with your f couple friends, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful thing, and that's what makes it so fulfilling, because if you just lead the group, you're checking off the box. Right. You're clocking in, you're clocking so out, true. you know? But these relationships that they describe are so refreshing to them and so fulfilling is because they invest and they so... And now it makes so much sense, right, to everyone yeah. hearing your stories for the first time, but... It's just the, the level of intentionality and mission within the neighborhood group is also refreshing for us. You know, yeah. it's beautiful it how is. God designed it. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's great. Yeah. I love it so much. I love the, um, I love the conviction that you guys carry <laughs> around you. the way you live your lives. And it's clear to me that it's a conviction that's um, based upon Christ um, because otherwise it would be not a sustainable thing. Um, and yet here you are, you know, continuing just to power through and, and do what God has called you to do here in Los Angeles and to be such phenomenal church builders. Uh, I know I speak for Mike and Jill and certainly for Nicole and myself when we just say we love you and we're so appreciative of you for everything that you sow into C3 LA. And uh, we feel your prayers. You know, we feel your prayers for the house and, and for the community. So thank you for that. And thank you for living on mission. And thanks for inspiring all of us uh, to do the same. And, you know, maybe you're coming up to Easter Sunday, this Sunday, and um, you're thinking to yourself, uh, I don't know who I'm being missional towards right now. Um, and I would just encourage you to uh, look at life through this lens and through this filter and allow the inspiration of their story to challenge every single one of us to go, can I be more missional? And I think the answer to that question for uh, most of us is, is usually going to be yes. Um, and so we're moved by that. Thank you guys so much. Can I say one more thing? Please. I just want to say, yeah. like, we were talking about it earlier today. Every single time that somebody else extended their hand to us, it was a yes on their part that blessed us so, like, tenfold. And that person may never know it, mm -hmm. but it, it has impacted our life so There's deeply so just by people, them doing so their— you know what I mean? Just by them saying yes and, and going ahead and inviting or bringing me along or whatever it was. And so, I don't know, just to say, like, do it because it, it may be hard for you, but it's like there is somebody else on the other side who's been praying for something to change in their life and maybe not actively praying, but like I needed something different or yeah. That's great. So true. People are praying that. for the offer that you will make. Yeah, the they are. You, you can be the answer to prayer. Yeah. Totally. Or if they're not believers, then they're wondering. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're wondering about purpose and identity and, and meaning, and they're looking for something more. Yeah. yeah. I think God hears people's thoughts. Yeah. And he's able to send somebody on mission into their world. So that's so awesome. David, can you pray for us? I'd love to. Yeah. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for being here today, Lord. 
Thank you for these people, Lord. Thank you for all these people that are meeting virtually, God. And I pray that you meet them right now where they are in living rooms, kitchens, bedrooms. Um, Father, I pray that you just cover them with your peace. Cover them with your joy, Lord. May it just be insurmountable, like unsurpassable, Father. May they just feel and know you, Father, in spirit. And may it just, and may it just be so real, God. And Lord, I pray that um, that just leads them right, leads all of us just right into Easter, Father. May we never minimize the work that you did on the cross. May we never minimize all that you've done for us, Father, and the sacrifice that you did for us because our sins were way too much, Father, and your death was just enough, God. And thank you that you welcome us into a relationship with you, Jesus. And I pray right now for hearts that are searching. I pray right now for hearts that are, that are desiring something more, Lord, that are wanting um, to find fulfillment, to find purpose, to find value, to find reason, God. And I pray that it's found in you, Lord. I know that it can be found in you, God. Jesus, you're so good. Help us not to minimize any of the work that you've done on the cross, Lord. It's just on my heart, Father. I pray that we just understand the gravity of your love and your sacrifice and that we're able to walk out in it, Lord, and, and accept the invitation that you, that you offer us, Father. And thank you that it's so, so worth it, Lord. Thank you that your freedom is so, so good and there is just freedom found in your name and there is love found in your name, Father. And each yes is worth it. And Lord, I pray for our yeses as well. I pray that we um, seek after people with missional mindsets to love on people, to know people, to care for people, and that we build an eternal kingdom here on earth, Lord. And we're so looking forward to the eternal kingdom in the future. We're so excited, God. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the C3 Los Angeles podcast. If you found today's message helpful, we encourage you to share it with a friend and consider rating it. If you'd like more information about our church or details on how to get connected to a neighborhood group, head to c3losangeles.com. We love you. Thanks for tuning in with us.